That's the problem when you move towards impeachment on this abbreviated schedule that has not been explained to me. Why you want to set the record for the fastest impeachment. Today, I am asking our chairman to proceed with articles of impeachment. Fast is not good for impeachment. When the impeachment of Donald Trump began, it was supposed to be an ambush. Yes, the Ukraine investigators would lead the charge because the Ukraine shakedown was such an explosive scandal. But while the House Intelligence Committee took the lead on that matter, a bunch of other committees would pile on Trump with their own investigations. Here's House Speaker Nancy Pelosi back in September. For the past several months, we have been investigating in our committees and litigating in the courts so the House can gather all the relevant facts and consider whether to exercise its full Article I powers, including a constitutional power of the utmost gravity, approval of articles of impeachment. Today, I'm announcing the House of Representatives moving forward with an official impeachment inquiry. I'm directing our six committees to proceed with their investigations under that umbrella. Those six committees included the ones with jurisdiction over Trump's conduct towards Ukraine, of course. But they also included some outliers. The Ways and Means Committee, which writes and oversees tax laws. Financial Services, which oversees, well, the financial services industry. For a moment, it seemed as if Ukraine would be just the tip of the impeachment spear. The Oversight Committee had been investigating Trump for pocketing federal and foreign dollars in violation of the Constitution's emoluments clauses. Financial Services wanted to know whether Trump had laundered money through his private businesses. The Ways and Means Committee had requested Trump's tax returns, and his administration had violated the law requiring the IRS to turn them over. The idea was that these committees would investigate widely and aggressively. And then, when they were done, they'd all submit their findings to the Judiciary Committee— which would bundle them into articles of impeachment. Fast forward to December. Pelosi has now instructed members of the Judiciary Committee to begin drafting articles of impeachment, but they've only received one report. Today, we transmit uh, the report of the work of three committees, the Intelligence Committee, the Oversight Committee, as well as the Foreign Affairs Committee, into the president's misconduct with respect to Ukraine. That was Intelligence Committee Chairman Adam Schiff. His report on the Ukraine scandal makes a slam-dunk case for Trump's impeachment, but it also raises more questions than it answers. As I mentioned, we continue to investigate whether this scheme began earlier than expected, whether this scheme also involved the last president of Ukraine. Um, If we do uncover additional evidence and and we do learn more every day, we will feel free to file supplemental reports uh, to the Judiciary Committee. So instead of fielding multiple recommendations from multiple committees, and weighing the evidence of high crimes, the Judiciary Committee will proceed based on the findings of one investigation, which is still technically ongoing. In other words, things haven't gone exactly as they were supposed to. This week, some of the most preeminent constitutional scholars in the country testify that Trump's conduct easily exceeds the threshold of impeachment. Even the witness Republicans invited to defend Trump agreed that his conduct is arguably impeachable. His call was anything but perfect. But the problem is that you have so many witnesses that have not been subpoenaed, so many witnesses that we've not heard from. That was Jonathan Turley of George Washington University. His only real point was that Democrats would set a bad precedent by not pulling on all those dangling threads first, holding out for testimony and evidence Trump has tried to conceal. You know who disagrees with Jonathan Turley? Donald Trump. On Thursday, he tweeted, I say if you're going to impeach me, do it now, fast. 
so we can have a fair trial in the Senate and so that our country can get back to business. You know who else disagrees? Democrats. Here's Adam Schiff again. There is, I think, grave risk to the country with waiting until we have every last fact when we already know enough about the president's misconduct to make a responsible judgment about whether we think that's compatible with the office of the presidency. So Trump wants this to be over as soon as possible, and so do Democrats. Even to the point of voting out articles of impeachment the week before Christmas. But here's the thing. When it comes to what's best for the political fortunes of Donald Trump, the guy who committed all of these impeachable offenses, only one of them can be right. Who's right? It's kind of an important question. So we've invited Matthew Miller back to see if we can't answer it and to sort through all of these fast-moving developments. I'm Brian Boitler, and this is Rubicon. Hiring is challenging, but there's one place you can go where hiring is simple, fast, and smart, and growing businesses connect to qualified candidates. Cafe Altura COO Dylan Miskowitz experienced how challenging hiring can be after unsuccessfully searching for a director of coffee for his organic coffee company. But then he switched to ZipRecruiter and saw an immediate difference. And you can too by signing up for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Rubicon. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. And its technology identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. So you get qualified candidates faster. In fact, after posting his job to ZipRecruiter, Dylan said he was amazed by how quickly great candidates were applying and found his new director of coffee in just a few days. With results like that, it's no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. See why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free at our website, ZipRecruiter.com slash Rubicon. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash R-U-B-I-C-O-N. Matthew Miller, welcome back to Rubicon. Uh, glad to be on the Rubicon or across the Rubicon <laughs> or in, in the Rubicon. I don't know what the right nomenclature is. The Rubicon yeah, right. is a river, and if you <laughs> right, stop halfway, right. you drown. Yeah. Um, so kind of a lot's happened since our first show, um, and so let's do a quick rundown of the latest. Uh, first, the Intelligence Committee completed its report on the Ukraine investigation, and for the most part, that report recapitulated what we learned in the in the two weeks of hearings, but there were some new developments. Um, what was the significance of that report as far as you're concerned? So I will say two things. First, I think just as a work product, it was incredibly well done well-written, told a clear story, backed it up with with supporting facts. Uh, I actually have a piece coming in the Post about um, how good a work product it is co- compared to the Mueller report. And which, on such a short – I mean, that such, was what, I mean, they as, turned it around so quickly. Now, now, it wasn't like the hearings ended and then they started writing it. No, Some of, of the not. staff for the, commi- the other two committees, I'm told, especially the oversight committee, were writing that report while Intel was conducting the hearings. So they were working on it for a while, but still incredibly fast compared to the Mueller team. It took forever. And that report had a lot of evidence, but in some ways was indecipherable, at least on the main conclusions, I thought. Um, so I thought it was in, in, as a histor- both a historical document and kind of a persuasion document right now tells the story about what Trump did, um, uh, 
why it's important to act now. And then I think really critically explains the founders' uh, concerns about factionalism and what that means if once if there's a faction that won't accept truth. Obviously, Schiff is talking about the Republicans there, what that means. So I, it was a great document. Then the other piece of it was this, you know, the bit of news in that where they had subpoenaed the call records. Uh, clearly, they haven't said this, but clearly they've subpoenaed the call records of Giuliani and Lev Parnes. And first of all, That is the first time that I know of where a congressional committee has subpoenaed third-party call records. Pretty aggressive step. Dan Goldman, the former SDNY prosecutor who's running the investigation, clearly a thing that you would do as a prosecutor, but committees just don't do that. So good for them for Mm -hmm. doing it. Um, But the fact that those showed not just all the contacts with the president right before key elements in the the plot, but that it – Ding Devin Nunes up for mm-hmm. being on the phone with this indicted uh, uh, individual, Lev Parnas. Um, a, a, a nice moment uh, for someone who deserved it. So, Nunes. <laughs> so a couple questions about the revelations. Um, one about uh, Devin Nunes, the the vice chair of the Intelligence Committee, being implicated seemingly in the yeah. very scheme that that. The committee was investigating. They had those if, photo records. If that was him on the phone, <laughs> you, right. might, you might have his seen dog, his answer. Maybe he doesn't yeah. remember. Maybe his his maybe dog stole right, his right. phone or whatever. But <laughs> but you know, if 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 you if you read closely, they had those phone records way before the public hearings. And was why not put that out there early, like when you could, when, when everything's real hot and you can maybe force Devin Nunes to recuse himself instead of letting him in to the, to the investigation, like having full, uh, full awareness of what was happening behind the scenes, uh, allowing him to question witnesses and, and, and so on. Was there some advantage to, to waiting until it was all over and then being like, surprise, we knew all along that the Republicans' lead investigator was compromised. So I actually think there was. Um, it, look, you can argue it both ways, and I can see it both ways. If you had had um, revealed that before the, the hearings, it would have been a nice talking point to use against Devin Nunes. That said, there's no way to force him to recuse. It's not like working at the Justice Department where there are clear regulations right. that, that def, you know, define when you have to recuse. That's not really true in Congress. <laughs> Congress you know, there's no reason he has to recuse, and I doubt he would have recused. So it would have been a good talking point, but that's all it would have been. I actually think there was something pretty useful about saving it so there was some news in that report um, because otherwise the report would have been uh, just a recitation of everything we learned at the, the hearings, a very compelling one, mm-hmm. but just a recitation. And you know how the, the press is. They need something new to drive a news cycle. And this was a pretty good f- new fact to drive a news cycle this week. Well, and then the, the other fact that I was going to ask you about is that it's not just that Giuliani was talking to the, the president, which, you know, we know it's not all on the level, but in theory, Giuliani's his lawyer and yeah. you might expect him to talk to his client a fair amount, but that he was on the phone with the office management and budget, um, which, I mean – we don't know, but this it seems like this was the drug deal with Mulvaney, right? Like Absolutely. Uh, and you know, it's this tantalizing fact, and it's totally inappropriate for the president's private lawyer to be talking to the head of the office that determines whether the money that Congress appropriated to Ukraine goes out uh, as scheduled. Um, but and now it's just hanging out there and and we're not going to 
Yeah, I mean, I I don't know how you would figure it out unless, um, uh, you know, look, uh, whenever you get call records, it's metadata. It tells you which two phones were connected. Um, a little bit in Nunes' defense when he makes this joke about not remembering. It doesn't actually tell you that the person who owns the phone right. had the, you know, made that call. And they were, you know, they only said that it was an OMB-connected number. They they Obviously, what they have are, they have the 10-digit number. They know right. what number it is. I presume they've called it and try to see who answer, <laughs> <laughs> answers. But they may have some uncertainty about who it is on the other side of that line. But e- either way, you don't know what it is they talked about, and you'll never know what it is they talked about unless you subpoena the, those individuals and make them come in and talk. And, and then you get them to answer or to, to plead the fifth, and then... Yeah, that's right. They plead the fifth, or, you know, look... Um, or I, just, I, I don't recall. Right, yeah, yeah, exactly. But... In any case, I, I guess for me, these new facts in the report did exactly what you, you know, uh, would predict they would do because the media is so hungry for new developments is that, is that nearly all of the attention uh, um, from the press about the report didn't go to the, to the narrative recitation of the facts but to the new mm-hmm. information. And it, like, does it, is, if that's just how – the public processes information because that's how it gets farmed out to them by the media. What does that tell you about how the process should be conducted going forward? I mean, I mean, unless Schiff is sitting on a series of bombs, bombshells and he's going to parcel them out, uh, you know, at regular inter- intervals, don't isn't there like extraordinary value in trying to? ferret out new information. Yeah, I, there absolutely is. I actually think uh, one of the 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 mistakes um, I do think they made is even if you were going to do a fast impeachment, which I know you disagree with, but let's say let's we'll say everyone agrees. We'll yeah, we'll get that. <laughs> uh, even if you're going to do it, we're going to do a fast impeachment. I, I would have pushed forward concurrently in the courts to get Bolton, to get Kupperman, to get Mulvaney, to get these other witnesses. Um, it doesn't seem likely that you would get a final ruling before 